Well, good morning. Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it's a joy to be here with you, to be able to celebrate all that God is continuing to do in and through us, that we get to be the church. We get to live out the calling that Jesus has on our lives by loving people, meeting people where they are, not expecting them to be a certain way so that we can share life with them, but instead meeting them where they are and sharing life with them right there so that they might come into relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, that's, that's what we are intentionally seeking to do right here at Cassidy is to live boldly for Jesus, to build God's kingdom right here around us. So if you're new here, we just want to say you're welcome here. Whether you're joining us online or in person, you are welcome here. Not because I said so, but because Jesus said so, and he trumps anything. I, so if I ever say something that is opposite of what Jesus said, just strike it, throw it out. Don't, don't listen to me. Um, but if I say what Jesus said, then we want to be on the same page, right? We want to do what Jesus wants us to do. We want to live boldly for Jesus. So if you are new here, you are welcome here. We know that you're going to find out pretty quickly that we're not perfect. Uh, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus. And we want to live more like Jesus. We want to love more like Jesus. We want to let Jesus do a work in us so that we can be the people that God wants us to be. That's the whole idea behind our current message series, our worship series, which is called Greater Things. Greater things, the idea behind it comes when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, uh, I've done some pretty fantastic things. He doesn't start with that part, but truly he has done some pretty fantastic things. But he tells his disciples, but you are going to do even greater things than these. And I don't know about you, but I hear that and I can struggle with that. Uh, I remember when I first became Christian, for those of you that don't know, I grew up outside of the church and it wasn't until I was about 25 uh, that I came into a relationship with Jesus and I, like it changed my world drastically. But one of the things that it did was it changed my perception of the world. You see, I, I started taking seriously this whole idea that Jesus said, hey, I want you to go and make disciples of the earth, right? So I was like, okay, I got, I got my, my job lined up for me. And then I would start to notice things that I hadn't noticed before. Like I would notice the people who were in financial difficulty or in poverty, and, and I would get angry. I'm like, Lord, why, why are they still poor? Why can't you just give them some money? And then, then I was like, well, maybe, maybe I should do something. Maybe I should be a part of the solution. Maybe I should live into this. Maybe I should give so that they might be able to have something better. So I would, I would get mad and frustrated in the beginning, but then I would be like, okay, well, I got to do something about it. And then I was like, there are a lot of poor people and I don't have that much money. So I don't know how I'm going to solve this problem. Or I would notice folks that are hurting. I, I, I worked with a, uh, a woman's shelter uh, for battered women and, and children, and I would go to this women's shelter, and, and, and I, would, I would see some of the deep hurt that had been perpetrated on these, these women and moms and kiddos, and, and I wanted so much to do something that would change, pleading to God, God, make a difference. Help them. You know, I'm, I'm just out there doing computer stuff for them, because that's what I did before I became Christian uh, and until I became a pastor, as I did IT work, and so I was doing their computer work for them, but I felt like, hey, yeah, I'm doing computer work, but I want to solve your problem. I want you to not be hurting anymore. How can I 
fix that. Or, or maybe you notice the broken like I did, the, the people that, that just are, are, are lost and, and just continually walking in their own path, but not finding what they're looking for, not finding any joy or hope, not coming into a relationship with Jesus, but just kind of going along with the flow. And, and I would get frustrated because I, I had been called to go and make disciples of all nations, and I would go and try and share the love of Jesus and get laughed at or jeered at. And I was like, God, what's wrong with these people? And it was really a condition of my heart because I would get frustrated and it was difficult work. I I expected that I was going to make a difference all by myself. My perception of the world had changed, but the world had stayed the same. And so I was, I was struggling because I wanted so badly for, for those that were far from Jesus to have a relationship with him because I had seen the light. I had seen the change. I wanted the world to be so much better because I knew that we had a loving God that wanted the world to be so much better. But I thought I should do it all by myself. It was my job. I'm going to put the whole, whole church on my back, and we're going to march forward in relationship with Jesus Christ. And the problem was that it wasn't just my job. Uh, it, was, it was more than just my job. I, I just I felt small. I felt inadequate to the task. I felt like I couldn't accomplish what God wanted me to. And it it started to get me down. Like I was broken hearted because I could see if if we just had a little bit more Jesus, the world would be a little bit better place. And yet I felt powerless to share that with others. And maybe maybe you've experienced some of that. Maybe it's not, not something distant like the world itself. Maybe it's in your own family. Like you have somebody in your family that's that's lost and you're, you've been praying for them for years and you're like, man, I just wish they would come to know who Jesus was. Maybe it's somebody in your community that you know about, somebody that you wish you could help and do something about, but you feel like it, you're just not enough. You're, you're not able to do that. Maybe it's some pain point in our community that really hits you hard and you're like, man, if only someone could do something about that. We, we get to this place where we're like, man, it's just no hope. There's just no use because it seems like such a giant task. Like this whole idea of building the kingdom of God is just too much. And I think it is for just one person. And I think, I think we can get to a point where we're like, oh, how, how can I even help, let alone do greater things? I mean, Jesus, you say we're going to do greater things. Have you seen the, the laundry list of things that we need to do? How can we make a difference? And that, that can allow us to turn to grief. Like Nehemiah, when he said these words at the fall of Jerusalem, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. I just sat down. I had nothing better to do but sit down and weep at the destruction of Jerusalem, Nehemiah says. And I think sometimes we can feel that way when we look at the world around us, when we take a look at the news because we see so much brokenness in this world. Or, or we look at our families and we see that same brokenness in the world echoed into our family, whether it's division between 
political views or division between ethnicities or division between uh, countries that are now at war with each other. Who would have thought that we would be sitting in a, in a place where Israel is at war, where the Ukraine is at war with Russia, and, you know, and the world is just crazy at the moment. And we can all look at that and think, oh man, I, I wish we could make a change. The thing is, I, I think we miss, and sometimes we forget, that Jesus didn't expect the world to change in an instant. Jesus knew that it was going to take some time for the world to embrace and to grow into this kingdom mindset so that we could actually go into the world sharing this vision of the kingdom of God. Not that one day, just overnight, everything is different and everybody is on board, but instead that it would be a gradual process. Actually, Matthew, one of Jesus' disciples... One of the apostles actually uh, was called out of a tax booth, so he's a tax collector, and Jesus called him out of the tax booth and said, hey, come follow me, and he was like, I don't have anything better to do. I'm going to go follow you. Actually, he was very excited. It's, he, he went and followed Jesus, and he records this parable of Jesus. It says this, he told them still another parable. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that worked into 60 pounds. Now, I, I, I'm going to save y'all the Google trip uh, because I spent some time in Google looking up how exactly does yeast impact bread? What, 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 what is the process there? Now, some of you are out there going, he's so cute because he doesn't know. And I really don't know. So take no baking advice from me because I'm a horrible baker. I like to eat baked goods. I am not a great baker. But I did learn some stuff about the way that this works is it is a tiny amount of yeast. You don't put like 50% yeast to 50% flour and boom, you have something special. It's a tiny amount of yeast that is worked through the flower, and that changes everything. And, and, and the picture that Jesus is saying is, hey, the, the, the flower itself, that's the world, the people in God's creation, the people that God loves, and the yeast is the kingdom of God that is going into the world. So the, the followers of Jesus that are mixed into the world and are able to work and move in the world, and that together create something brand new, something that wasn't there before because the yeast goes into the dough and allows the dough then to rise. And I have made unleavened bread unintentionally. Um, it is not a good thing. If you don't use yeast, this is unleavened bread. If you don't use yeast, it doesn't rise and it's like a brick. It's pretty impressive. Actually, you could do damage with it. However, I don't recommend that, by the way. Um, however, when you add the yeast into it, it changes everything. You have puffy, fluffy dough that turns into puffy, fluffy, and delicious bread. And the imagery should not be wasted on us, that it's not in a moment that this happens. I don't know if you've ever seen, if you've ever, maybe you have a bread maker and that will kind of ruin this, but if you've ever been a part of making dough yourself, 
it takes a process. You have to knead in everything, and then you have to let it sit for a while. Why? Because then something magical happens, and the dough itself begins to rise even before you begin baking it. And that's the same thing that Jesus is talking about. That's the intended understanding that we get from this parable, Jesus is saying, that we, we, small and insignificant though it may seem, are the ones who can change the world for the better. Because we work into the world, not afraid of the world, but instead loving people in the world, not of the world, because we belong to Jesus, but in the world, working out Jesus' love and grace for everyone around us. So that we can share who we are because we've been made new, so that others might notice crazy, this drastic transformation that has happened in our lives so that they might, when they look at us, see Jesus rather than ourselves, that they might see the love and grace that God has in store for them, that they might experience that. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter if they receive it well or not. We are called to be the ones who go into the world to make that difference regardless of how it's responded to. Now, I want us to be careful here because this doesn't mean that we should go and lecture everybody that's doing everything wrong. That's not what Jesus, Jesus didn't say, they will know you by your lecturing. (laughs) Jesus said they will know you by your love. And so we're called to go into the world to share that love and grace with everyone so that by our love, maybe that love rubs off on them and they receive that for themselves and they can experience the picture of who Jesus is and the hope that Jesus offers and the life that Jesus longs for them to have. We are we are the ones who are called to be part of that transforming love. Through the yeast, the flour is transformed, and through the world, through us, the world is transformed. Not because we have the power and authority on our own, but because God says, I love you, and I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. And through you, you're going to be able to go and do greater things even than just Jesus was able to do. Why? Because now we are many. Where Jesus was one, now we are many that can go and make a difference. It's not just a one-man job. Jesus never intended it for it to be. It's an all-of-us job so that we might go into the world making a difference in the name of Jesus. You see, building the kingdom of God is not a single step, but many smaller steps causing great change. Many smaller steps, baby steps that get us to there. We've, we've heard it uh, probably uh, in, in our lifetime, heard it said, uh, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. That's a long walk. I get it. But the whole idea is exactly what we're embracing about this building of the kingdom of God. We're not at the finish line. We're at the starting point. And each and every moment of our lives can be something that changes the world for the better, something that changes the world for God's love and grace and the kingdom-building activity that we have. Uh, There's a guy, I I love sports, so we're going to take a moment and delve into, uh, Coach Lou Holtz was a college football coach, uh, and he has some really clever things that he says. We're only going to look at one of them, and one of the things that he would tell his players is, hey, we need to be focused on win. Now, most of you out there are going, well, most coaches talk about winning, Uh, but his win was this, what's important now? 
Not how do we win the, this moment, but instead, what is the next thing that we can do that's going to help us achieve our goals? We achieve our goals one step and one choice at a time. If we take this into the kingdom mindset, it is looking for each and every opportunity that we can take to build the kingdom of God. What is one moment that we can make a difference? What is one thing that we can do to make a difference around us? How can we live into this idea of kingdom building? It's not looking at the end of the journey, but instead it's looking at what's important in the moment that I am in in this journey. Uh, There's a guy that attends here. Uh, His name is Scott, and for years he has told me uh, his, his philosophy on how he does life. He says, I just try and do the next thing well. Actually, he says right, but I corrected his English, so it's okay. Um, He says, I just try to do the next thing well. And this isn't original, like he didn't come up with this and we should all be like, oh, that's great. It's been around for a long time, but the idea behind it is beautiful. Here's why, because I just try to do the next thing well doesn't matter what I did before. It doesn't matter if I failed five seconds ago. It doesn't matter if I have never succeeded in anything. It matters what I am doing right this moment, and I will do it to the best of my ability. Uh, It it allows us also not to look at the end goal, the momentous task that is before us of building the kingdom. That's not what we look at. We look at what we can do right now. How can we make a difference right now? I'll do the next Well, it just looks at the next thing, does it, and tries to advance the kingdom step by step, moment by moment. Imagine all of the moments of your life, all of the moments of our lives, and look at how much impact we can have for the kingdom of God by loving people well, by taking that next step moment by moment, loving people, loving God, and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Not just by lecturing people on the good news of Jesus Christ, but by loving them the way that Jesus has loved us. Now, I don't normally uh, read poetry from the stage, um, and we're not going to do spoken word poetry from now on, but one of the the poets, there's a, a poet named Elizabeth Elliot. And she was a famous poet and incorporated an older poem into a book of poetry and kind of made it famous. So it was around before her, but she included it. And so I wanted to read that because it was so meaningful to me, and my hope is that it's meaningful to you as well. From an old English parsonage down by the sea, there came in the twilight a message to me, its quaint Saxon legend, deeply engraven, half it seems to me, teaching from heaven. And on, the do- on through the door, the quiet words ring like a low inspiration, do the next thing. Many a questioning, many a fear, many a doubt have its quieting here. Moment by moment, let down from heaven, time, opportunity, and guidance are given. Fear not tomorrow's child of the king. Trust them with Jesus. Do the next thing. Do it immediately. Do it with prayer. Do it reliantly, casting all care. Do it with reverence, tracing his hand who placed it before thee with earnest command, stayed on omnipotence, safe neath his wing, leave the results 
do the next thing. Looking for Jesus, even serener, working or suffering, be thy demeanor in his dear presence. The rest of his calm, the light of his countenance, be thy psalm, strong in his faithfulness. Praise and sing, then his he beckons thee. Do the next thing. Again, I'm, I'm not so uh, poetic um, that I'm sitting there with an Elizabeth Elliot book at home that I found. But when I came across this, the language speaks to me because it's not what we've done. It's not the big picture. It's in this moment. How can I do something for Jesus? What is the next step I can take to build God's kingdom? What's the next moment bring where I can share love and grace with someone who needs to hear about love and grace with everyone who needs to encounter love and grace? Oswald Chambers, a pillar of the Christian community, says this, when you don't know what to do, trust God and do the next thing. Take the next obvious step in front of you and trust God to lead you. Trust God to do the next thing. Trust God is going to take care of the direction. Trust God has in mind the destination, but we don't have to know the destination before we set out. In the Old Testament, one of my favorite stories is about the patriarch uh, known as Abraham. At this time, he was just known as Abram. God changed his name. It's a long story. Anyway, God comes to him and says, Abram, I want you to follow me. And Abram says, where are we going? And God says, I'll let you know when you get there. And that's what we are called to, not to the destination, although we are seeking to go to the destination, but instead to the steps that it takes to get us to the destination. They say joy is in the journey. Well, the building of the kingdom is in the journey. It's not in the end. It's in the process that we have an opportunity to love people where they are, to share love and grace with them, and to grow together. This is the whole idea behind our one initiative. One initiative, the idea comes from uh, the the story Jesus tells, the parable about a hundred sheep, that a a shepherd has a hundred sheep, and one wanders away, and the shepherd leaves the 99 to go after the one. And we said, okay, we're going to use that. And we made a sign that had 100 lights. 99 of them are white, and one of them is orange. And there are 100 lights total. And and we said, this is going to be our scoreboard. Uh, It's not like a a sports scoreboard, because we don't see our score, other than how many lights are lit. Each light bulb represents somebody who has had their life changed because of Jesus Christ. Our hope was in a year, we will light up all of them. And friends, we're over a third, a two-thirds of the way through it, and we're, we're making great progress. We're doing crazy things. People are coming into a relationship that didn't have a relationship with Jesus. We've had people baptized. We've had people enter into a relationship where they walked away from the church years ago, but now they're back because they want to know what Jesus has for them. We've seen lives change because we provided food and meals for students and and adults across the board, where together, as a community, we are able to light light bulbs, not because we are great, but because God in us makes this place great. Jesus isn't uh, quietly on the sidelines going, man, I hope you don't do something dumb. 
Jesus is right in the middle of it saying, guys, we get to go forward. Let's keep building the kingdom. Let's keep growing. I have in mind for you greater things than even you can believe for yourself. We have uh, just, just one example from one that just recently happened. Uh, I don't know if you were aware, but last weekend uh, we had a... Uh, a It used to be called the Bazaar, but it was the Women's Garage Sale slash Bake Sale. It was amazing. Uh, The women made almost $4,000 in in a garage sale slash bake sale, which is phenomenal. But here's what they did. They said, you know what? That's not enough, so we're going to give extra. And they gave all of that money away to a bunch of different organizations so that they might experience God's love and grace. That's what it is to be a part of the kingdom of God. It's not self-centered, it's selfless. How can I go? How can I do? How can I love? How can I make a difference? Moment by moment, step by step, all of our steps moving forward. And think of how much of an impact we could have as this small community of faith, moment by moment, step by step, taking the next moment to build the kingdom, taking the next moment to love people well, taking the next moment to do greater things. This is what God calls us to. This is what God calls you to so that we can make a difference for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Holy One, we give you thanks and praise for the gift you give us in Jesus Christ for the way that you share your love and grace with us, for the way that you embrace us and call us your own, for the way that you transform us and send us out to make a difference for you. Father, we pray that in this time, you would pour your Holy Spirit out upon us, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we would be renewed and inspired, that we would be able to moment by moment live for you, abandoning ourselves and embracing the hope that you offer. Help us to love people well. Help us to leave judgment aside. Help us to surround others with love and grace. Help us to step moment by moment into your kingdom building activity right here in this place so that the world may come to know just how much you love them. We pray this together in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, Amen.